Welcome to the April Transition Podcast. I'm Rob Hopkins. This month's podcast is recorded live on location at Paddington Station in London for no other particular reason than that I happen to be here. But you never know, it might lend this particular podcast a little bit of urban grit. The idea of these podcasts, in a nutshell, is to go into greater depth on three of the stories from month's roundup of what's happening in transition around the world. This month we find out what Marsden and Slathwaite Transition Town did with the grant they recently received through the Local Energy Assessment Fund and to the Transition Initiative, whose suggestion of turning half their local council's car park into a vegetable garden met with a mixed reception. But we start in Canada. Transition Guelph just held their second Resilience Festival. I spoke to Transition Guelph's Sally Ludwig and firstly Chris Mills and started by asking, what's a Resilience Festival? Actually, our first festival last year was originally going to be our Great Unleashing. At the time, we had the notion that we might want to make it an annual event, so we changed the name to uh, Resilience Community Festival. We schedule it for March, and there's a series of lead-up events, workshops, symposiums, and the culminating week uh, coincides with Sustainability Week here at the University of Guelph, and we schedule uh, keynote addresses, and it culminates with a full day of events on the final day of the week, which also coincides with Earth Hour. So the timing was uh, originally set with all those things in mind. We, our Transition Guelph volunteers had previously had Earth Hour potlucks for two years, and so we kept that, and that tradition is, is getting stronger. We had a lot of people in in 2011 at the festival and this year a full house for the potluck with wonderful food and music. For the lights out portion, the the church venue where we had our potluck dinner uh, wasn't able to allow any candles to be lighted for insurance reasons and so one of our volunteers set us up with LED Christmas lights strung across the hall and uh, charged uh, batteries with solar power and ran the lights from the batteries, so it was a solar-lighted potluck, mm. which was really fun. And who were the people who you came and who came and spoke at the festival? Uh, this year we had uh, Chris Martinson, who you may be familiar mm-hmm. with, and our second speaker was Tina Clark, who is a, tra- a transition trainer from the U.S. and she's also a consultant. She works with Bill McKibben at N350.org and the Sustainability Institute in the U.S. Both uh, excellent speakers, and the talks complemented each other very, very well. And uh, have, have you already started thinking about what next year's Resilience Festival might contain? Yeah. Or you haven't recovered from this one yet. But it's yeah. inevitable. Yeah. No, we, we after the weekend, although uh, the volunteers were, were exhausted and tired, I think there was a real atmosphere of uh, enthusiasm, and uh, it was such a fun and satisfying experience that we felt really positive about next year. We're getting better at putting on an event like this. Um, We want to organize our volunteers to to share out the work so that no one is taking on too much. That's one of our our challenges. Uh, But if we can accomplish that, we're definitely going to go ahead for 2013. And what advice would you have from your experience of anywhere else that wants to organise uh, a resilience festival? Ooh, just go for it. It's, uh, as Sally says, it's an extremely uh, fulfilling and satisfying experience to uh, 
you know, to look out across the hall and see, you know, several hundred people all sitting down to a meal of uh, home-cooked, locally prepared food and Christmas lights strung across the hall, beautiful music, people drumming. You know, it's 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 pretty uh, it's pretty amazing to see. Yeah, one of the strengths that I think a, a community can build through an event like this is the collaboration with other local groups and individuals. This is a real strong point for us with the University of Guelph Sustainability Week people, uh, lots of university students. Uh, we were really happy with the mix of age groups that ha that volunteered with us and that attended the different events. And it's helped us to kind of take the catalyst role that we want Transition Guelph to have in the community to support the work of other groups and help to network everyone together, connect volunteers with volunteer tasks and organizations that are, you know, that are fitting for them. So that's a, a real a strong part of an event like this. The Local Energy Assessment Fund, run recently by the UK government, enabled lots of community groups, many of them transition initiatives, to undertake a range of projects to do with energy conservation. One of the conditions of the fund was that the work all had to be done within two months. Marsden and Slathwaite Transition Towns in Yorkshire was one of the groups given LEAF funding. I asked Fiona Cooper from MAST, what did the group apply to the fund for? We live in an area um, in West Yorkshire which is absolutely jam-packed full of hard-to-treat homes um, and hard to treat, they're hard to treat in just one of the respects that hard to treat covers. They, none of them have the potential for, very few of them have the potential for um, cavity wall insulation. So we applied for the funds to help us promote um, easy DIY measures that people can do within their homes to plug the gaps and make them more airtight. And then we also applied for funding to do a project with the Green Building Store, who are quite well known in the passive house movement and have built passive houses in the area, um, to do research into how we could airtightness, make, make these terraces airtight and um, potentially look at how what what the effect of internal cladding on these homes is, because the challenge we have is that from a planning perspective, uh, currently, um, MAST thinks this is going to change, but currently um, the external cladding of homes is a no-no because of the stone nature, the nature of the, the area. Um, and so we've got to look at how to clad homes internally. Um, so that's, that's what we were looking at, and we were, we were doing air tightness testing. We've also been working with a, a company or a, a social enterprise called Connect Homes who, who do um, social housing, and they've been actually doing up some of these homes in the area and trying to make them better than they are. And they've had, from a financial perspective, they've had some excellent results. From an air tightness and um, insulation perspective, they're not perfect, but then and, and, and was it a big uh, was it a big task to pull together the partnership that you needed to do that
environmental who um, one of the, the director of that company is part of MAST NOA um, and he did some demos and stuff on um, renewables. So we ran a show at the end of the, the two months of the project, we ran an energy show, which um, we got quite a lot of people along to, in which people were just, people stayed for like three or four hours. We were just astounded. People were really fascinated with what we did. Um, and the Green Building Store actually, they built a sort of very solid Wendy house. It takes four people to move. Um, but it's got a, it's, they, they air tightened it around most of the joints that should be air tightened and then left the public to find the places where it wasn't airtight and go around with um, sort of not smoke wands, vapor wand things um, to find where it wasn't airtight. Um, and that was that really engaged people in the issue, you know, that the keyhole and all of the letterbox around the skirtings and around the windows and around the plugs and all that kind of thing. People were looking for, for places where it was leaking. Um, and that really brought home to people what an issue it is for, for them. So in terms of Marsden and Slathwaite Transition Town, what um, what uh, key thing do you think the last two months have, what have you learnt from it or, or, or got from that experience? In terms of the transition town, we've got a lot of, we've got a lot of collateral that we hope we'll be able to, to turn into um, a sort of travelling show around the Kirklees area. Um, we've got some really good relationships with the, with the Kirklees Council, which we partially had already, but I think they've got a new level of respect for us um, that we, um, that, you know, they, they've seen us achieve really an awful lot over the course of um, two months. Um, we've got relationships with Green Building Store, which have been solidified, and um, we've got a lot of information that we hope we can use to um, lobby, um, basically, on, on the issues for people in fuel poverty and um, for the particular housing that we have here. The March Transition Roundup included a story from the Ripley and Hina News called Allotment Scheme Has Divided Councillors, which stated that Transition Belper's proposal to turn half of the car park of St John's Chapel, where the council holds its meetings, into a vegetable garden had met with a mixed reception from local councillors. One even stated, I have never read anything so ridiculous. Intrigued, I wanted to find out the full story. So I started by asking Ian Jackson of Transition Belper to give us a potted history of what the group has been up to so far. Transition Belper, I think the first meeting was held in December 2009, so we're relatively new to it. Um, and the initial group decided to take it very steady. They'd seen other groups rush into projects and have a bit of a burnout. So for a year or so, it was a fairly slow getting to understand the message. I think the main event then was the Belper Food Fair in 2010 that they put a stall up saying, should we be a transition town? Um, and that's when that hooked a few people in, including myself. And really, it's gone from strength to strength from, from that point. So in the last 12 months, um, we've gone from sort of 30 people we were regularly updating to around 250. And as, as we grow, then people with different skills are joining the group. So the story that we picked up was about the council and the car park. We've been looking around at what other groups are doing and we've seen things like uh, guerrilla gardening and things like that. So they were the, the ideas that people were coming up with. Uh, we've developed a pretty good relationship with our local town council and also our borough council. So I spoke to our town clerk some time ago uh, saying if there was any land available, could we 
they said, would we be interested in doing some work in that area? You know, we said, yes, it's back in the middle of town. We have volunteers who live very close by. Um, and so we're, we're quite keen to develop that and some other areas as well, if, if possible. So it sounded from the piece like it was uh, it was quite a controversial proposal to uh, to dig up half the car park and start growing food on it. Moments in Belper uh, that are fully allocated. Um, the council regularly, the town council regularly put pleas out for landowners to say, is there anything else available? Um, within our transition group, we know there are people who live in houses that haven't got great gardens um, and like to come and help. But in general, we... The, there's a very positive feeling about transition um, in Belper. Um, whenever we do awareness events, people come up to us and say, oh, we don't need to get to transition, we're already doing it. Uh, and we say, so that's just great to share your knowledge, share your skills. So, uh, it's, it's, yes, it will be a, a definitely a take-up. The, the issue with us is just having a good leader to lead the project, which we now have. Somebody's come forward who's, who's got the time and is really keen to move it forward. The council actually asked us to adopt the train station as well. <laughs> so I, I really don't understand the, what happened at the last meeting. So we were hoping to adopt the train station and there's, there's gardens on there that want tending, but we want to use that as the community hub centre as well. And 